Good morning. Full house today, huh? Or full seat. (laughs) Y'all doing okay today? All right. Well, let's go ahead and continue in our study in Jonah. Do you remember what happened last week? Chapter 1? Okay. Off the boat. Okay. What else? Do you remember, Leo? What else did we learn? What am I saying? Okay, good answer. He hid in the boat, right? Okay. Ella, do you remember? A little bit? No? <laughs> well, you weren't here last week. Huh? He ran away from God, right? He was uh, supposed to go to Nineveh, and he went to Tarshish. And um, he, uh, he never made it there, right? But he tried to go there in a boat. So he did. Good morning, young ladies. Can y'all make room for them? All right, there we go. You got a little bit of space? Okay. All right, so now we're in chapter 2, right? So the chapter 1 ended like this. And Yahweh appointed, so they, were, they, were, they all grabbed a member. They pulled him out from the bottom, like you said, the bottom of the boat was asleep, right? They found him, they went up, and they were casting lots, and they finally said, hey. They pointed to, uh, to Jonah, right? Yep, and they said, how can we fix this? They said, well, you can throw me over. But they were trying to row back to the sea because they were like, hey, if we throw him over and God judges us, we don't want that, right? But they never made it to the land because they couldn't do it. So they threw him over. And when they did, this is where we're at. It said, and Yahweh appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. Did you know that some people believe that this represents Christ, where actually it says, if we go to Matthew chapter 12, I'll read this to you really quick, chapter 12, verse 40, um, he says, um, for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, okay? So this kind of gives a a representation of Christ when he was, um, uh, when he was, uh, Dead after they crucified him, right? He was gone for three days and three nights, right? So, um, and I won't get into all the details of kind of what these, some of these metaphors, what people think they apply to. We're kind of just learning about Jonah. Um, but anyways, we'll start out now in verse 2. All right, so finally, Jonah prayed to Yahweh, his God. So finally, here's the first commitment we see from Jonah. Remember, Jonah's been running away the whole time. And we finally see a commitment from him. Okay, also we're going to see his prayer all the way through verse 10. Uh, he, some people say that a lot of his prayers contain the Psalms, okay? But you go look back in commentators, some debate whether the Psalms were here or not yet. I don't know. But either way, it's God's word. Whether they came before or after, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> but here then Jonah prayed to Yahweh his God from the stomach of the fish. He finally realizes he's alive. He got swallowed up by this fish. Okay, and he realizes that he's alive. So he begins to pray. Okay, he finally begins to pray, and he's thankful now. He's giving thanks to God. I believe that Jonah didn't start praying this till probably at the end of these three days and three nights. He probably sat there and just thought about these things, almost like the Apostle Paul when he got saved on the road to Damascus. He had scales over his eyes. He couldn't see. And I believe 
that that was on purpose, right? He was meditating, and th- the last image he had was when Christ appeared and asked him why he was persecuting his people. And I think those things, God allowed him to, to think about those moments, right? To have a come-to-Jesus moment, right? Just like here, I feel Jonah's the same way. He's sitting there in this well, and he's thinking about what happened, and finally comes to his senses, okay? We see his commitment. All right, so now he has th- you see Thanksgiving. He says, I call- we're going to look at his prayer, okay? There's some things here we can learn as well. I called out of my distress to Yahweh. So he's crying out to God, okay? He's at the worst point of your life, okay? And remember, Jonah's a prophet, so he's a believer, okay? So even a believer can be in the slumps. Even a believer could be at a low point of their life and still call out to God. If you're not a believer, sometimes when you're at the low point of your life, you can call to God, and he'll answer your prayer of salvation, okay? So remember that. That's real important. We can always come to God no matter what, no matter how bad it looks. No matter what's going on in our lives, we can always call to him. Here he is. He says, I called out of my distress to Yahweh, and then he's shocked. He says, and he answered me, okay? This last-minute prayer, God answers him. So he's happy. I cried out for help from the belly of Sheol. Sheol is the land of the dead. Okay? So he's pretty much thinking he's at the last point of his life. He's getting ready to die. Okay? Then he says, But you heard my voice. He's excited. He's glad God heard him. He said, He answered me. He heard my voice. Okay? Verse 3 says, For you had cast me into the deep. Who actually casted him into the sea? No, which people casted him? The sailors, that's right. But here we see God is at work. Jonah knows this, that no matter what we do, God is behind it all. Okay? Jonah knew that they threw him in there because God wanted him to go in there. right? So he says, for you had cast me into the deep. Okay? Then he's remembering this event when he falls in. He says, into the heart of the seas. Can you imagine falling into the ocean, right? He says, into the heart of the seas. And the current surrounded me. The water, right, is moving around. And it surrounded me. It says, all your breakers and waves passed over me, right? So he's in the ocean. You can see him moving around. And he's falling. He's falling. So he said to himself, yeah, this is what he's thinking. I have been driven away from your sight. And really he ran away from him, right? But he's thinking that God is, because he was running from God, that God is pushing him away. Since he ran from him, so he's like, I have been driven away from your sight. Like, I deserve this, right? I ran away from you. I deserve this. But he says, nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. It's almost like he snaps out of it, right? When Jonah wrote this, he wasn't floating down the water, right, and just painting it, right, just floating around, right? He wasn't doing that. This is after the fact. After he left Nineveh, he wrote this. So he's reflecting back on that moment. So he's kind of like he snapped out of the, the, uh, the thought and he says, but nevertheless, right, he has his pen, but he says, nevertheless, I will look again towards your holy temple, towards his presence, right? So then he goes back to thinking about how he's falling in the, in the water. He says, water encompassed me to my very soul. The great deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. He had this algae and seaweed all wrapped around him. Can you imagine that? And what he's saying is that I'm done for. I can't get out of this. I'm so deep. I'm tangled up here. I can't see light no more. Okay? 
I fell so low that he pretty much he says in verse 6, I went down to the base of the mountains, right? So when you see land out on land, that mountain actually goes underwater, right? And it continues to go down. Well, he fell so deep that he fell to the bottom of the mountains, okay? Like an iceberg. You only see the tip of it, but it actually, like 80% of it is underwater, okay? So this mountain, he falls to the deep. He's trying to give us an idea, right, of how bad he was. He said, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Okay, this was a hopeless, he thought he was hopeless forever, right? He's at a point in his life where he's hopeless. Okay, the earth with its bars closed behind me forever. He knew he was fading out. Okay, he was dying. And um, he's at this worst point of his life. Okay, he says, but you, again, he snaps out of his writing, but you have brought me up, you have brought up my life from the pit, Right? Oh, Yahweh, my God. Okay? So he's saying he found life in this pit. At this point of his life where he was pretty much hopeless, there was no more hope for him. Only God could pull him out of this. He couldn't save himself. He couldn't swim out of it. He was tangled up. But he found life in this pit. As he was getting ready to pass away, you see this remorse. You see here in verse 7, he says, While my soul was fainting within me. Okay? He's getting ready to go out. These are the last thoughts of a dying man. Okay? He says, and my prayer, he says, I remember, I remembered Yahweh. The last thing he was thinking was Yahweh. Now I think at this point, though, verse 7, he's no longer in the water tangled up. He's already in the belly of the fish, and he's there in the belly of the fish. So he says, while my soul was fainting within me, I remembered Yahweh. Okay, he's given up. I remembered Yahweh, and my prayer came to you. To your holy temple. It showed up in his presence. This last minute prayer, okay, showed up in the presence of God, okay? And another thing that he's thinking here too, he says, those who regard worthless idols, he begins to think about other people, okay? I was actually thinking when, when I read this, I thought about those men on the boat. What did they do? Remember what they said? They told everybody to what? To pray to who? To their gods, right? And then at the end, they lost their religion and began to, to pray to who? To the real God, right? That's right. They prayed to his God, which was Yahweh, the only true God. All the other gods are false, okay? None of their gods responded, but Yahweh responded even to the unbelievers, okay? God is not, um, he doesn't have to listen to the prayer of an unbeliever, he can if he wants to, but he does. He's not obligated to, okay? But he'll always respond to a Christian, yes, no, later, right? Because you are his child, right? Sometimes when we ask our parents for things, do they always give it to us? No. Sometimes never, right? Or sometimes later, right? Or sometimes right then, right? Same thing with God, yes. Sometimes it's Christmas and we'll get stuff. That's right. Yeah, do you ask for that? Did you make up a list and give it to your mom and dad? No? No? A, a turtle? Okay, a live turtle? Okay. All right, man, somebody needs to get this kid a turtle. <laughs> We're talking about thir- turtle for two, two years already. <laughs> Wes will help you out there. <laughs> this is the year. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all right. Sorry about that, guys. All right, so yes, but sometimes it's no, okay? 
And sometimes that's okay. Maybe you're not ready yet. Maybe you don't know how to take care of a turtle. Maybe you need to go study that and show your grandparents your... Okay, we've got to get you a Raising Turtles 101. We'll see if that's out there. Okay. Yes. That's right, right? We celebrate his birth. I agree with that. Yes, yes. You guys eat cake? Yeah, we can. Some eat cake. Some eat pozole, tamales. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so anyways, we got a little derailed there, but it's good. All right, then he says, he starts thinking of others, right? In his death, he thinks about others who are in need, okay? Those who regard worthless idols forsake their loving kindness. He says, so pretty much turn away from them because their loving kindness, that attribute belongs to God. Only God is loving and kind, okay? All right, but he says, as for me, so he's, in a sense, he's, He's, uh, he's repenting here. He's, uh, he's rededicating himself. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you, to God. With the voice of thanksgiving, that which I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to Yahweh, then bleh, the fish spits him out because he finally comes to his senses. Okay? Yeah, that's right. That's what happens, okay? Then Yahweh spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. When he finally Jonah repents, he comes to himself. God gave him three days and three nights to think about it. He begins to pray, and now he finds himself probably all slobbered up, right? Probably some little dead fish next to him, right? Who knows? It doesn't say that in the Bible, but can you imagine what's in the belly of a fish? Ugh, right? Yeah. Some fish eat other fish, right? Absolutely. Okay. Are fish omnivores or, or carnivores or herbivores? I don't know. Just a question. All right. So now Yahweh spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah up to the dry land. And there we are. Okay. So now we are starting at the beginning of where we ended or where we started in, 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 uh, in the town that he was in. Okay. Now listen up. We're almost done here. It says, now the word of Yahweh in chapter 3 verse 1 says, Now the word of Yahweh came to Jonah the second time. The first time was in his hometown where he was at, which was what, uh, where was Jonah at? I can't remember. Anyways, Jonah is now where we're at before he started running. So do you all think that Jonah gets up and runs again? Are you sure? You don't think he started running down the sea? And all of a sudden, this big seagull eats them and goes and flies for three more three days and spits them somewhere else? No? Okay, yeah. So he's on the land. He's, he's where the Ninevites live. And we're going to see what he does next. Finally, I think he finally listens to God. Okay? He didn't like the Ninevites. He doesn't like them, right? But that's where God told him to go. And that's where he's at. So we'll study and look at that next time.